Hey listeners, I'm Eric Taylor, and this is The Hair Game. I have three things to do before we get to the podcast today. The first is new Salon Republic openings. We have a new salon opening in Escondido, that's San Diego County for those who don't know. And we have a new salon opening in Torrance in the South Bay of Los Angeles. Check salonrepublic.com for more information. We started doing tours for those locations already, so if you work in the areas, now is a good time to take a look at them. Second thing on the agenda, Craft Lookbook. The big hair party we're involved with every year in Hollywood has sold out of its pre-sale tickets in April, so now regular tickets are for sale. Tons of education with big names, carnival games, and installations. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to my Instagram, the link for Craft Lookbook is in my profile. And my Instagram is Taylor. for those who don't already know. Third on the agenda, the thing that everybody's been waiting for, the Podloot giveaway. The new Apple iWatch Series 4, who will win it? I have the bag in my hand right now. Fingers are sifting through your names. And the winner is Madrid Hair. Madrid Hair. DM me at Taylor on Instagram and I will send it to you. Thank you to everybody who wrote a review. The reviews are amazing. Thank you for all your kind words. It really makes doing this podcast every week worth it for us. Your names remain in the bag, and you could win the pod loot next week. At the end of this episode, I'm going to tell you what that's going to be and how you can win it. Now to the episode with L.A. hairdresser Adina Das. All right, Adina. How are you? I'm good. I'm pumped. I'm pumped too. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's start at the very beginning of Adina Dosville. Where are you from? I am from Los Angeles, California, born e-raised, so Come I'm an on. angel. I've never met anyone <laughs> born and raised in Los Angeles, California. There here I am. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and have you ever lived anywhere else? No. No need to, because with my career, I have the opportunity to travel a lot. I've seen a lot of beautiful places, and there are lots of beautiful places, but nothing's driven me to actually move anywhere different. Yeah. Like my home ground, I really like the ocean. Yeah. Salon Republic, Santa Monica. Hello, I have an ocean view. I yes. pay for that stuff. Yes, you do. <laughs> I was going to say something different, but I held myself back. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She has an ocean view uh, from, from two blocks away, even, which is even cooler. Okay, so tell everybody how you got into hair originally? Uh, My mom owned salons. She was a nail technician. In Uh, LA, I'm assuming. Yeah, in Thousand Oaks, California. And my mom owned salons. She was a nail technician. First she started off by owning like the booth portion of it and then expanded and went into um, owning a full four salon. It was nail technician based so there I believe there was like 10 nail technicians and then there was only about four hairstylists and then she also it was in the 80s so 80s to early 90s so um, she also had three tanning beds. Nice. Did she have big colorful gaudy posters on the You know the old oh god what was the they're 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 I wish I remembered his name the posters of the 80s women with the bouffants that are all characterized. Oh, yeah. You know who that, that oh, artist is? Oh, you're talking is? about the artist? Yeah. Uh, Warhol? 
No. Um, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it might, might, might or might not come to me, but um, it wasn't, yeah, I don't know. I was, guess I wasn't really paying attention to the aesthetics. <laughs> so, but that was the decor. Yeah. Because was, that's what I think of when I think of an 80s hair salon. Yeah, yeah, the big posters with the hair. I, I really wish I had the name for it, but I'm kind of bad at that. Were the stations kind of a pastel color? It, it, yeah, but it was like the linoleum. Formica. Yeah. <laughs> or yes. Formica, yeah, yeah, pink. <laughs> yes. Into the Powdered mirrors, pink, I think. Did the mirrors have like some sort of embellishment on the top? No, I don't think so. Okay. No, she was pretty lean on the okay. ex, uh, accents. Okay. So did you work there as a young girl? No, I didn't. I, when my mom, I, I remember before, I think I was like nine or something, I remember standing where my mom was working and looking out at the hairstylist and watching the transformation happen in front of me. And I looked at my mom and I said, I don't want to do what you do. I want to do what they do. Interesting. Yeah. So okay. she was the rock star of um, uh, acrylic Manicures. nails. And okay. she was absolutely known in our area for wow. how good she did nails. Wow, that's mm -hmm. amazing. So, so then my sister also got into it. My sister also became a nail technician. Um, and then she got her license to become a hairstylist, and so it's all family, family wow. happenings. So your sister's a hairstylist too. She works for Redken, she, correct? Yeah, but she is no longer. Um, she doesn't. She heads all of us artists. So right. she's the senior vice president of uh, Redken Education Worldwide. Wow, that's mm -hmm. awesome. She's the one that hosted this whole thing. Wow. Yeah, put it all together. Okay, we'll get there. This whole thing is symposium. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. All right, so um, so the acrylics in the 80s, I imagine, I mean, could you even breathe? I could breathe acrylic. I, I, mean, <laughs> I liked it must the have smell been... when I was young. It was like no big deal to me because I grew up in it. So yeah, right. it was just like the household smell. Yeah. All <laughs> Luckily, right. it wasn't at home. So you become a hairstylist and um, how I'm a your... beauty school dropout. You so I started of... uh, right out of uh, high school. I uh, started beauty school, and it was in the valley, at West 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 Valley Occupational or something like that. And um, I started beauty school. I was in it for about six months. I loved every second of it. But then someone hit me uh, in a car accident and totaled my car. I'm good. Uh, no limbs lost. But what happened was I just didn't know what to do. It was too far for me. I don't. I'm from LA. I don't do public transportation. <laughs> Did we even have public transportation? I don't know. Back then? I, yeah. It wasn't even a thought process. <laughs> so I just dropped out um, of school and carried about myself for uh, about two more years. I was wow. a, a waitress. I was all kinds of things. I was in the service industry for so a long time. So hold on. Let me get this straight. So you dropped out of school because you couldn't make it there in a car. Right. And so you worked at places walking distance from your house? Mm, no, I don't remember the scenario. Uh, maybe I borrowed a car, but okay. I just kind of dropped it. I dropped Got the it. ball. You dropped it. Mm -hmm. So right out of high school, I went straight into beauty school, dropped out, and then uh, it took me about so 18 to 20. And at 20, the little there was a click. All right, it's time to get your poop in a group and, and get started on your career. Okay. You know what you want to do. So you do didn't it. lose the passion for it? No, no, not at all. Um, I was just too busy maybe partying and getting that out of ah, my system. Yes. And then um, also the concern too was going to beauty school and how much it took away from um, money that I could potentially be making because I needed to support myself because I lived on my own. Yeah. And um, I found the apprenticeship program. So I actually mm -hmm. started working in a salon and this is amazing. So I started working in this salon in, in Oak Park and I worked for these two guys 
and they were a lot older. They were partners. One worked uh, by coastal, and their salon was just really, really slow. And it was, but I wanted to do it. So, and they were going to pay me to be there to help them. So I was into it. Like whatever, as long as I'm on my path, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll suffer any consequence. I'll, I'll endure anything I know can come to an end. <laughs> and they would find me falling asleep on the shampoo bowl in the back because I was like, there was nothing better to do. I'd already cleaned. I'd already straightened up. There were no guests there. So I was just like, I didn't know what to do. So I was like, I'm just going to take a nap. They're like, and I'd come in so in my funny. short skirts and my big boots. And I had like a total look to me. And they finally were like, we don't really think that you fit our mold. And I was like, okay, cool. And I went and found another salon. What was the mold? I the, don't know. They were older the gentlemen. The mold was I, just hanging out in the break room all day, <laughs> smoking cigarettes. Uh, so uh, I went and found uh, what I call my home base salon. And I found Cleo Hair Salon in mm -hmm. Oak Park. And I was there. I uh, worked my apprenticeship program for the time that I needed to be there. Got my license. And then immediately... Um, wanted to get into something. Uh, I'd been to a lot of hair shows. My sister at that point had already been in the business. She was already working for Redken and she'd take me backstage. I was doing makeup backstage and I was like, I want to be an educator. And okay, hold on. I'm going to stop you because I want to yeah. go back and I want to talk a little bit about the apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. Is it, was it 3,000 hours back then? Like 36 or something. Okay. 34, 36 something. I think it's 3,000 now. So, okay. so it's a long time. Yeah. So. Um, I couldn't actually start working until I got the apprenticeship license in my hand. So I couldn't be functioning and getting my hours. Um, so it was eight months before I actually got the apprenticeship license in my hand. So Could you cut shampoo? eight months. Yes. Yeah. And swept floors, okay. right? Everything but touch a guest. Right. And um, then, so it took eight months before me, I got my license, and then it's basically two years from there. Right. And there's no, like, cut in corners. The advantage to the apprenticeship program is that you are, you know, when you get at, fresh out of beauty school, you still should be doing some kind of um, uh, associate program. So what the apprenticeship program would do is combine the associate program and getting your license at the same time. Mm -hmm. So there is an advantage. You're watching people, you're getting the interaction, you're learning from them, and hopefully you're doing extended education for, you know, outside of those realms for yourself. So education plus real life experience. Yes, yeah, and which is, it, it's, it's crucial because, you know, when you're in beauty school, um, in your like standardized beauty schools, uh, there's so many others out there now, but at that time it was a standardized beauty school and all you're doing is learning what you have to to pass state board. So, um, and that, that's great, but then where's the lifestyle? Where's the experience? Where's the behind the chair? Where's the, you know, all of the things that helps you grow um, into actually doing the work? And making money. Yeah. Providing yeah. a valuable yeah. service to a client. And how many, people, how many times I've heard the story in my now position of girls that uh, went to beauty school and then went right on the floor. And they have no idea what they're doing. I'm yeah. sorry, no one does. Mm -hmm. it, it, unless, you're, unless you extended education along the way for mm -hmm. yourself, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you're, you're still, you gotta get your wiggles out somewhere, but we're better than on models or mannequins or something, right? Mm -hmm. So are, are, you, are you a fan of the apprenticeship program? Yeah, I think it's a think? great, I, you know, what it provided for me is the ability to work, make money, and get my license at the same, and go to right. school at the same time. Even if it was, even if it did take a little bit longer. Yeah, and yeah. so I, you know, I'm a career woman, so I wasn't just doing that, that wasn't enough of an income for me, so mm -hmm. I'm a two to three job kind of gal. Mm -hmm. um, so I would find myself um, out at night, out in Hollywood as a cigarette girl. Nice. Mm -hmm. 
I'd give money. Do you, do you have pictures? No, I wish. Oh, Adina. <laughs> How wish. could you not have pictures? I don't pictures? think we had cameras then. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Yeah, they're those big things with the, with the flash bulbs. Right, right. Yeah. Disposable. <laughs> you're, you're not that old at all. Um, okay, so uh, fascinating about the apprenticeship because it's, it's, a, it's almost a political conversation. Some people think it's a great idea. Some people think it's horrible. Um, and I think as long as you're partnering it with the fact that they're not just uh, assistants, they're not there to just sweep hair. You're there to train them and teach them and help them grow as uh, independent contractors as, as, so that they can just be better at their craft. And mm -hmm. I, I can't say that I was, uh, I was more of an assistant than I was an associate. And there's a difference. The assistant is the one that sweeps hair and isn't learning much, mm -hmm. just doing the work to get by to get to where they need to go. So, you know, in this industry period, it takes a lot of self-motivation. You know, you grow yourself and even when you're in it, you still got to keep growing. Uh, and independently and growing your in your clientele and clients move and all the things that come oh, yeah. with it but it's it's that the the drive to to, to create something for yourself it's my job to whether you're independent or uh, even if I say even if as a commission-based commission stylist you're still you still need that drive to grow yourself and and grow your clientele and I'm hearing from a lot of hairdressers that I know who work in commission salons that the that the salon owner is essentially telling them that they have to bring in the clients, that the hairdresser has to bring in the clients, which is maybe it's the new way of doing things. Um, I, I don't know, but uh, I, I found that so I find that surprising every time I hear it. I just don't think it's cool if you're going to run a business and you have employees, then it's your job as the business owner and the mentor and the all the things that you are for those people to help them succeed. That's the way it should run. Okay, yep. so um, where did you go after that? So I finished my apprenticeship program and I thought that there was more for me. I need to be somewhere else, there's more for me, I need to be somewhere else, and I had this angst. So I went somewhere else um, for about six months okay. and it was this, what I thought was my ideal salon. Okay. Uh, this person was like, it was like I idolized the idea and the scenario because um, was they big, were so quote brand? unquote cool. No, okay. it was just a cool salon. Okay. And then um, unbeknownst to me, I, I had uh, another side to me. So when I went to this other salon and worked there for six months, um, we would go in uh, after the weekend and he would throw night parties there, raves, what have you, okay. DJ parties, and it'd go, I'd go into the salon and it smelled like cigarettes uh -huh. and like it was dirty and there was alcohol and I was just like, I don't, I like to party and I like to work, but I don't like them to hang out together yeah. like that. You That's know what I mean? That's the downside of being in a cool salon. <laughs> in a cool salon. I was like, oh, never mind. So Cleo actually called me and she goes, how do you like it? And I said, oh, it's good. And she goes, well, do you want to come back part time? And I said, can I come back full time? <laughs> so then I stayed at Cleo's for seven years, but I still felt this need to um, grow and expand and, and something different. But then that's, I had uh, a few years prior had moved to LA I was trying to find salons in LA that suit me, that worked for me, my style, my, my, you know, that, that, you know, my tribe, my peeps. Yeah. And I, uh, I don't, it, not for lack of looking, I just think that I just wasn't finding them. And then I found Salon Republic and I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> and the reason why I liked it is because I was like, I was like, oh, it could be like my mini, like my mini salon. Yeah. And so if I succeed at this, then maybe I'll grow and become a big salon. Yeah. I'm still 13 years later. Yeah. <laughs> I like my mini. Yeah, yeah. 13 years. <laughs> I was trying to do the math 
before we started talking mm -hmm. and I, I couldn't place it exactly. But I think that when you first came into our location, Beverly Hills Pico, mm -hmm. was I working at the front desk? Oh my God, no, Daniel was already there. Daniel was there, okay. <laughs> but but, but I would, was my office in the salon? Yeah, I think, I, okay. yeah. So I was working there full time. It was awesome, you yeah. had your surfer hair. I did, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. were so young and fresh. I was, naive. You still are, you're still fresh. <laughs> I'm still naive, yes. Okay, so, and then you moved to um, a studio so, in Santa Monica. Yeah, so I was in um, Pico for nine years and as much as I loved that space again I, I listened to my inner push and it was like I need something more something different I, what does that look like and um, I sat quiet for a second and the big voice which is my intuitive self said you need Adina Doss to become bigger than Adina Doss and I said well what does that look like and they said wait for it and I went okay two days later you guys announced the Santa Monica location the next day I was there and I was I put a I put my check down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it felt good. It felt right, the, like the right move, the right push. Um, everybody in Pico thought I was nuts because I was going, jumping to the other side of the 405. And you know, it's four years later. I'm still highly successful in my space, and I'm really glad I made that move. So, you're, so the clients that you had at Pico were they in that immediate area, or were they all over the city? They were kind of all over the place. I have okay. people coming all the way. I still have people that followed me out from Agora. I still have clientele that come at their every four week to six week mark. To Isn't come that and get a compliment? Them. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. When you move to Santa Monica, and for the listeners who don't know LA, that's, I mean, it, in rush hour, that's a 5.2 miles. 5.2 miles that could take over half an hour. 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> It could take 45 minutes <laughs> in traffic, um, even though there is a freeway that essentially connects the two, um, but uh, sometimes the freeway looks more like a parking lot. So did your clients follow you? They, the clients followed me. Mm -hmm. I'd say majority did. Um, I, a few of them were kind of moving themselves, some to Costa Mesa and some, you know, everybody mm -hmm. starts to transition. So in that transition, a few of them went away for a second. Guess what? <laughs> Yeah. They found their person, they'll drive, Yeah. right? So the people that left thinking it was going to be an inconvenience uh, searched for a new person and ended up coming back. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Another great compliment. Mm -hmm. How, I get asked all the time, um, how does a hairdresser know when they should go from a traditional salon, let's call it commission employment salon, or let's call it open salon, mm -hmm. to a, an independent situation? You know, it's uh, the independent situation is great. Um, you know, I just really like it because, and the reason why I like it is because it's like my space and the things that I'm doing, right? But um, if, if you think about it, there's all kinds of people. So it's not necessarily for everybody. It's a great setup for people that need it. And people yeah. know when they want that independence. But I think that when it comes to this independent thing, it's not just being a hairstylist behind a chair in a, in a room. You're running a mini salon. You're running a mini business and it should be ran like a mini business. Mm -hmm. You need to have um, all of the things in place to run it like a business because then it could be highly successful. Any, everything from your retail at to, you know, and retailing. Why would I retail clients, you know, when I, why wouldn't you retail clients right. to your clients? If you don't have it, 
then where are they going to get the things that they need to make their hair shiny and beautiful, yeah. right? So you're, so you're selling, you're making a concerted effort to sell retail? Oh, I have full retail. And Redken, studio. obviously. It's all Redken, we yeah. Have, we haven't gotten into this, but Dean, as a Redken educator, has been for many years. So you're selling Redken to your clients? Yes. Okay. So the, all of their hair care systems, all their treatments, all of their styling treatment, all their styling aids, every, anything that they need. Um, I haven't really gone the whole, like, um, sell everything route. I don't sell jewelry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that's not, not many, not many people, uh, probably not advisable to do that. But I just think that. it's so important. Yeah. So the, let's talk to those people who haven't thought that it was worth getting into retailing to their clients. I mean, maybe they're daunted by the difficulty. Uh, what's difficult? You buy the product and then you sell the product. It's, there's, there's no, nothing difficult about it. I ask you if you aren't retailing in your studio space, then where are you sending them? To Ulta? Are you, not a bad thing, okay. But uh, it's, it's just when you can, um, you per consider it your personal commission base, right? Mm -hmm. You're making money off that profit. Yeah. Uh, so that's an advantage and that money can actually pay for your space if mm -hmm. you do, if you understand it the way that you should, right? Um, uh, or you're sending them to the, you know, if, if you're not talking to them about product, then they're going to the grocery store and they're standing in the aisle wondering what they can use or they're going to Amazon and, or they're watching YouTube videos. And you guys, we're, we're their hair person. Consider yourself like the hair doctor. You know, giving your clients everything that they need for their beauty needs. Giving them the products that they need, the shampoo, the hair care systems, the, all the things to make beautiful shiny hair. And you have to know it in order to talk to them about why they need it. I'm gonna do this process to your hair. Your hair is missing these ingredients, so here's the ingredients and you're gonna use this and this is how you use it. Mm -hmm. um, and then styling, giving them you know, what they need based off of a realistic view of how they style their hair on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I say a great haircut and the right product, they don't have to do anything, but anything else is a bonus, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so it's like, it's prescription hair care. It's uh, if they, you're not doing it, someone else is. Yeah. YouTube's doing it. And you know, do you want someone else teaching your clients or your guests? Uh, do you want someone else teaching your guests how to do their hair? Yeah, yeah. Be the professional. Right. Mm -hmm. We're a really, really professional industry if you take it that route. Right, right. All right, let's get into the educating. Um, you've been an educator before Redken with anyone yeah. or just Redken? Yeah. Okay. So uh, when I was ready to be an educator, um, I worked in a Sebastian Grand Salon. Okay. So I went to uh, the Sim Sebastian uh, for, you know, to become an artist for them. And I worked with them for about a year and a half. And um, I was like making my way and I was super excited about being an artist for Sebastian and because I thought they were cool and they did great hair and I liked the people, I liked the tribe, I liked the idea, but I wasn't getting anywhere fast. And I was feeling hindered by the experience. And in 1999, I came to my first Redkin Symposium as an attendee. Oh, okay. And you had heard that it was a good experience? Well, I was using, because Sebastian was, at the time, uh, was only hairstyling and makeup, basically. They didn't have color. So, uh, at the time, 
they were merging with Wella because they had, you know, come to the realization that you know color would have driven their business farther. So it pushed my little uh, tag team bubble where I was moving forward with, you know, becoming an artist for Sebastian uh, back farther because now all of Wella was coming in and all the Wella artists and such, right? So they had told me that it was going to be a while before I got reached any of my goals mm. and then I um, so I because they at that time they hadn't merged with with Wella I was using Redken color at that time my sister was working with Redken so I was like way submerged into Redken I'd gone to a lot of the different shows even though I was working with Sebastian it was it was all inclusive it's yep. you know there is no brand separation we're all just doing our thing yep. you know uh, there are there's no hair wars here right mm -hmm. so um, what a, I came, so using Redken color, and then uh, I, it was time. It was time for me to go to my first Redken symposium. So I came in 1999. Wow. And uh, one of the, at, like, basically the whole staff was laughing, going, your sister works for Redken and you work for Sebastian. Like, what the yeah. F? <laughs> WTF, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so they had someone had asked me would you be interested in working with redken and i was like well yeah of course mm. and they were like okay well after this go home and figure out what it is you you want and your objectives and your goals and send me an email and share it with me and i was like all right cool so i did and i i did i really did i had objectives i had goals i want to be an artist i want to be cutting hair i want to uh, be making this amount of money by this amount of time and they said we can meet your needs and so i signed my contract with Redken in October of 99. Wow. Ah, Amazing. Totally. Yeah. 20 years ago. And here you are. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> All right, so what does this role have you doing? So um, as a Redken artist, when I first started off in this career, it had me going uh, regionally uh, in different salons. And that was the time of MapQuest, um, where the big, the big, the big yeah. book. No, no, no. You no, don't mean no, MapQuest. Not, not MapQuest. You mean um, the Thomas, Thomas Guide. Guide. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thomas Guide. It was the best. I still don't even know how to use it. I was like, what how did I get around? <laughs> a, yeah. a to thir the, the, 32. Yep, the grid. <laughs> the and grid. then you find it was brilliant. <laughs> I got across the country with the Thomas Guide. It's amazing. <laughs> so I was using Thomas Guide to drive around to these salons yeah. and the, share. The, by the way, the kids just don't understand, do they? <laughs> Not at all. They don't understand They're, the struggle. What? <laughs> <laughs> so um, would go into salons and demonstrate. Demonstrate haircutting techniques and uh, products and how I use the products, utilize the products. Basically, just play with hair and play with people and share some stuff. Yeah. And then along my journey, um, you know, one day I was, I set a goal. I was like, I want to work fashion week sometime. And then I like, let the goal go. And I would say three years after my career started, I was walking down the street of New York City with my bag on my way to fashion week. And I, it dawned on me, like literally walking to fashion week. I was like, oh my God, I hit my goal. How Amazing. cool is that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and this is awesome. So, uh, and then one thing led to another. It's just, I kept on the mission. And if I, I'm so in it, I love what we do to help stylists, to help them grow. Uh, you know, Redken's motto is learn better, earn better, live best. And the reason is, is like the more you know, the better, more confident you are, the better your stuff looks, the more referrals you're gonna get. There's this whole business entity that sits behind it. And then you end up making more money and that's the live the best life. 
and uh, there's so much opportunity for hairstylists to be highly successful, but you know, and have that drive. And you know, I've been doing this for so long, and I still have the same passion 20 years later as I did when, on my first day. Amazing. I love it. I love it. And um, if I go too many days without, or too many weeks without doing it, I get itchy. I'm not. I'm not serving my purpose. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I, you know, it's. This is. I'm here, and I have a mission for sure. Amazing. <laughs> All right. So, um, what if a hairstylist wants to get on with Redkin? What do they? What do they do? Uh, they can actually even just go on as simple as uh, going on Redkin.com, and it is become a Redkin educator. Okay. Uh, there's links to it. You send you send in the I, I believe I haven't gone through the process and of I course. can't tell you how long but we have a, what we call the pillar program, and so in education it, there's the pillar program and it tells you the the building blocks to become a Redken educator. So we require some some input from you, um, like going to our specialist programs and going to our um, authority programs and really just building the knowledge of the brand and soaking it in and again just taking those steps and continuing to have that drive to push to become a Redken artist. You know, they're, along the journey, you're still learning. You might not always, you might not want to make it to become a Redken artist, but at yeah. least you're getting that education in the lead up. True. Mm -hmm. And is it similar with all brands? I mean, we're, no. we're not, Redken's not paying us to have this conversation, so I don't want to be so Redken specific, but um, I mean, is it, like if you want to be a Wella educator, is it, is it a similar type of thing? You go to the Wella website, it's sometimes as easy as that. I don't know what anybody else's protocol is, but yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know what their their building blocks or their steps are to yeah. finally become an educator for a different brand. But it sounds like the big brands they do have a, a pipeline or a system. The, the yeah, system it's as easy as there. it's just like um, I was just talking to a, a publisher the other day of a magazine and. I was like, well, what do I need to do to get published? She was like, here's my card. It's just as yeah. easy as emailing someone. You can Google her. Right, <laughs> right. So Google the magazine and send it all out. There yeah, you have right. it, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> sometimes it is talking to somebody like that. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the big benefits of going to a hair show, isn't it? Yeah, it's the networking. Mm -hmm. Coming to something like this, it's getting inspired, learning new things that you can put in your pocket and your arsenal to better your craft and master your craft. And then on top of it, the networking. Uh, you get bright ideas, not just on, you know, haircuts, color, styling, and all the things, but you're also getting business ideas, and and you're building a network of resources that you can reach out to to grow yourself as an independent. Okay, so for for Redken, you you teach cutting. Yes. Okay. So I'm a designer for them, and then I'm also a finisher. So design okay. and finish. Okay. What is the most common technical mistake that, as an educator, you are constantly fixing in uh, with your students? I think everything, everybody's different. It's a great question. Um, I don't think there's anything one specific. Everybody's a little different. Sometimes for um, certain people, it's body position. Uh, you know, Redkin teaches, uh, Redkin hosts the uh, programs at the Redkin Exchange called the No Eyes, and it's cut and no eye, color and no eye, finish and no eye. It's not just at the exchange. You can have an artist come in and train on that, those things and understanding the foundations of haircutting, the why every action, the why every color, the why you get undertones, the why the hair bends in the wrong area. It's really gives you, giving you all that you need to know. So then it allows the creative freedom to happen that was there in the first place, but then you start to get under, undesired results. So you get fearful and then you start to put yourself in a box of the only things that you use because you know it's safe, mm. right? So um, the no-wise, cut and I'm a cut no-why 
you know, master. I've been doing this one for a really long time. Um, and in Cutting Away, it's about body position, it's about head position, it's about elevation, and there's movements, and there's so much to know. It's mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. It takes people, it, Cut No Eye takes people through this journey and we watch them experience it on so many levels. It's a four-day program in, in New York. And the first day they're confused, the second day they're frustrated, and the third day they're crying. Literally, <laughs> I, I, I wipe tears for people because- Like good crying yeah, or it, bad crying? Both. <laughs> because so, sometimes it's frustration because why didn't I know this information earlier in my career? Um, or sometimes it's excitement because they can't get wait to get their hands back in to what they do every day, but now they understand the why behind every action. Mm. It's powerful. Mm. I suggest it for everybody. I love it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for someone who just got out of school, they just got their license, they don't know anybody, they don't know what salon to work in, what's step number one? Uh, put yourself out there. And what does that mean? so uh, it's like do do the research, do the work, put yourself out there. So it's uh, semi intimidating to walk into a whole bunch of salons and hand a resume in hopes that you're going to get a job, right? Yeah. Um, but that's what you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's what you have to do. You have to uh, have enough confidence in your, or just know yourself enough to walk in and get the vibe. They're not just interviewing you; you're interviewing them also. Sure. Is this a good fit? And. Um, uh, it's go to 12, 15, do the work, get out to all the different salons, get yourself in there, and then find your, your peeps. To assist or not to assist? You have to. For how long? Well, so we also partner uh, with a company called Summit, and Summit program helps put um, these quote-unquote assistants, which I now would like to call associates, because an associate is learning their mastery, learning these skills. Mm -hmm. And it puts them on a program that helps build them and help them grow faster. Mm -hmm. And it's actually a personal goal set. So you can set the goals, uh, there's a goal, and then they can actually achieve the goal faster if, you, if you're driven enough, right? Mm -hmm. um, so. You're talking about Summit, Summit Salon. Summit Salon, salon Program. Yeah, yes. So it helps salons put systems in place to help their associates grow. Right. Um, so maybe go to Summit's website and find some Summit Salons? I, that might be an option. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I've never heard anybody say that before, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, what advice do you have for somebody in the middle of their career who hasn't really been keeping up with the trends? and um, they're struggling with replenishing just their normal client loss. And they're, they kind of have this negative feedback loop of, oh, things aren't going very well behind the chair for me. Um, I'm getting a little depressed. I'm getting a little scared. stuck. Scared. Yeah, it's scared. It's scary when you start to decline and you don't know why, and now you're not making the same amount of money. And right. And, um, and, and, and it's tough when you're not making the same amount of money to put $1,000 into an education program, and, right? Yep, absolutely. So uh, it's like you're in the middle of your career and you want more for yourself, but you should. You, you should invest in your education and whatever that looks like. But, and it's also changing your, your mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, if it, you're, not gonna, you're not gonna grow to something bigger by thinking all you're doing is spiraling down, yeah. right? So it's almost like pull yourself back up, spiral up, 
find that goal. What, was, what is it that I want? And it could be as simple as telling yourself, I want a couple more clients. And then there's st strategic steps that t you can put in place. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, take a business course. You know, I'm going to always pitch Redken. We have all the resources for you. Go to redken.com and we have what you need to help you grow personally, professionally, mm -hmm. to be better at what you do. And uh, the systems put in place are the business systems of you need referrals. It's your job to refer. It's your job to get referrals from your clients. Talk to them about the referral program get, or set up a referral program. Give them discounts. Give them, you know, I'll give you $25 off your next haircut if you send me one person. Mm -hmm. And it's, and you can't, as an independent contractor, no matter what, you can't fall back on doing those things because then you'll watch the decline happen. It's a constant motion to keep yourself built and growing of being active in, in getting that, uh, that referral, um, talking to people. Um, I have a marketing system in place uh, that I, I like a lot. Mm -hmm. Do tell. So I work with a company called Formosi and they walked into the studio suite and they were okay. like, do you want free marketing? Okay. And I was like, oh, maybe, what, what you got for <laughs> me, right? She goes, well, I'm gonna set you up with Steven and Steven's gonna come in and he'll talk to, uh, basically he's interviewing me to see if he even wants to promote me. Okay. And what I like about it is they have sales consultants on foot within a six mile radius of your workspace to help promote you. Okay. And so Steven comes in and we have a sit down and we're chatting it up and six degrees of separation, his first client was my home salon, Clio Hair Salon. Oh, wow. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So what they, they have, I, I give away promotions. I give okay. away haircuts and I give away uh, conditioning and, and blowout treatments. Does it work? I love it. It works. It works. Wow. And not everybody sticks with those things like that. Not, not everybody sticks. Um, I'm not paying, there's no money out of my pocket to have yeah. these people do it. Yeah. it. There is, but there isn't. Yeah. It's and just a discounted service. It's a, yeah. a free service for, yeah. uh, but it's my job to get them in the salon or right. they got them in the salon. Right. So now it's my job to give them a great haircut yeah. and become their new hair person right. and rebook their next appointment. Right. And oh wait, I forgot the part where I ask them because they're there for a haircut if they would like to get their color done. Yeah. So I could, I could do add on services at the time of service. Right. You know, it, it's just really good to get someone in the, in the chair. Um, because I am an independent, I ask that they keep the sales level low yeah. for me, right. and he's willing to do that. Um, because I'd prefer not to spend a whole day doing free yeah. services and, and not using them to fill days, because I don't have days to fill. Yeah. I have holes. Right. I have people that move. I have people that, you know, that's usually the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, that in, our, in the evolution of our industry, clients move on. So it's our job to build ourselves back up. So I get about one to five new clients a week. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I, it's, I work four days a week, so usually it's about one client a day that I wow. can squeeze in. That's great. Mm -hmm. And so what percentage of those become regular clients? It's so good. I'd like to say bigger numbers, but um, I would say I'm probably at about the percentage thing I don't know like half uh, yeah okay yeah he so wants to see it like an 80 to 90 percent retention but I just think it's hard I think a tough. lot of people buy those things because they want a cheap haircut correct which is fine yep um, I'm it's gonna be the best cheap haircut they've ever experienced yeah obviously. <laughs> that's crazy uh. that's awesome what keeps you up at night nothing yeah <laughs> no I don't stress out that's great I'm super relaxed and happy um, if there is anything stressing, I, stressing me out at night, I don't allow it um, myself to go to bed. 
uh, I have uh, personal practices. Uh, I, I, I want to call them rituals, but I don't want to turn someone off of that. I have personal practices that I do every night to cleanse myself of any uh, unnecessary energies that might have Meditation uh, type stuff? Yes, okay. meditation type stuff. I want to go to bed in a relaxed state, so I do whatever it takes to get myself there before right. I put my head down. And with meditation, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah, and it, you know, it's funny. People have this idea of meditation that you need to be like on the floor in yoga position, you know, alming. But that's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can, I can meditate in the shower. I can meditate. Um, driving to work, you know, you don't have to have your right. eyes closed. It's really just putting yourself in a state of mind where you're you allow the 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 busy of the mind, and you 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 calm it. And it's not it is the more you do it, the easier it gets. But um, it, it it's just quieting the mind and breathing techniques to right. align yourself. Right. So we actually did two episodes on meditation. Did you? Yes. Probably going back six months now. For everybody listening, if you haven't heard the meditation episodes go, we did a um, one on what meditation is, and then we did a second episode right after it. Uh, I think it was a guided meditation. That's awesome. Yeah, with a with a, medita- uh, a, a Buddhist meditation expert named Rebecca, mm-hmm. who's a friend of mine. And <clears throat> and so go check out those episodes back there a few months. All right, so now that we're getting into the metaphysical a little bit, you've started doing something else yeah. in your studio. Um, d- d- do tell yeah, and make it digestible. Okay. You know, make it understandable. Absolutely. Because when you first explained it to me, I wasn't sure that I was <laughs> grasping it. <laughs> um, all right, simplify, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, as humans on Earth, right, in this fleshy body, we are, you know, in my, in my thought process, in my belief system, we are souls, right? And we have this energetic ability and we're energy bodies, right? And we're walking around this planet and through meditation and self-awareness and I, I started going on this journey myself, learning about myself, going through meditation and all of the things and I just started to expand and grow and learn and I, I came to a point where I was devouring books, like they were coming at me. I didn't read for 40 years and now all of a sudden I've read like 37 books in four years. You know what I mean? Not really, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it was almost like I was doing all of this, I I say downloading, do you understand that? I was taking all of the information and I was taking, absorbing it in, downloading it in. And um, then I was, um, moved towards crystals and I wanted to understand crystals more so I took a crystal course and then I became a certified crystal reader and then I took a intuitive tarot card course and I started reading tarot cards but I, I don't read traditional tarot cards I read angel cards and so it's about um, just understanding energy and connectivity okay. with people okay. And so I started playing with my clients just on that level alone. So they come into the space and it's just me and them. And I started asking them, I said, you know, this is what I'm doing. Are you interested here? Hold us, you know, pick a stone from this little jar I have. Uh-huh. And then let's see what happens. I was, I was playing. Let's okay. just see what happens. All right. So they would pick a stone from the, from the jar and they'd hold it in their hand. And based off of the properties of the stone, we would start to have a conversation around it. Well, you picked this and it has to do with this chakra. And, you know, I would have this 
all, that and that's all it is is it's a conversation but it took us to profound places really mm -hmm. and i was doing it more was and it, more and was anyone was, like don't bother me with that mumbo jumbo mm, I, I wasn't the really what the one pitching. I think I was just sharing the things that I was doing and okay. the people that were interested would ask. Okay. Yeah, then we'd move forward with that. Yeah, it, uh, there's some people that are like, don't even, don't even. <laughs> like and then there energy. was this one girl, this was cute. There's this one girl from the Formosi Packet New sits in my chair and I'm talking to her because now I have signage that explains that I'm okay. doing these energy services. Okay. And she's curious, tell me more about it. And I told her a little bit about it. And then she started, she, you could see her just kind of like getting uncomfortable. And I said, are you afraid I'm reading your mind right now? And she goes, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And I was like, don't worry. That's you know, I, you have to, in that scenario, you a, a guest has to allow permission for me to enter the space and okay. open the space for us to be able to connect on that level. Sure. <laughs> no doubt. So now I'm doing intuitive readings. I'm doing guided meditations. I'm doing uh, chakra balancing. I'm doing um, energy clearing and cleansing. Wow. I cut cords. I have all kinds of great woo-woo happening in there. <laughs> Jeez, maybe that's the, the answer to shaking it up in your career. If you feel like you're in a rut, start reading energies. <laughs> yeah. Well, we already do. That's the thing is we in this industry, I, I used to hear uh, people say like I'd have to go home after a long day and take a shower to rinse it all off. I mean in the end that's what they were doing is a daily practice to rid themselves of everything that they've taken on all day. Right. As a successful stylist you're seeing 10 clients a day. You're seeing all of their energy is sitting in your chair. Emotional baggage. Oh and you know it's I, I don't want it's their stuff. I, I, it's baggage. not my bag. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you want to come in for a session? <laughs> no, oh my God, you're scared, aren't you? That's yes. fun. Um, don't worry, I'm not reading your mind. <laughs> um, any last words for the community? Learn better, earn better, live best. <laughs> I mean, that encapsulates it. Yes, it does. That would be the one. All right. <laughs> I knew I was going to get a lot of Redkin when I was talking to you. I can't help it. It's, it's I've spent 20 years of my life with them. I know. It's my. It's half my life. It's good for you. Yeah. Good for you. I'm highly successful. I want to share the successes with people and... Um, it's. I've integrated it into my life and it's not... I, as a as an individual, I'm also able to do my own thing, hence yeah. incorporating energy services and uh, add-on services such as energy services and just growing myself and sharing with people. And I can't wait. Honestly, I um, my next my next goal and what the goal I set for myself in 2019 was that I. Uh, want to incorporate what it is that I am doing behind the chair with the energy work uh, and share with uh, salon stylists how to create uh, a sacred space for their guests, how to clear the energy um, of their space for, you know, in between clients if they feel like they need to and just really kind of um, create sacred space for each person that sits there. Uh, Self-care acts, I have so much, like I have a whole agenda of things that I want to share with stylists to uh, help incorporate these things if it's not if it's not a service that they want to provide fine but it's a, definitely a service that they should start providing for themselves i love that i think that's fantastic where can people find you on social you can find me on social at mastery m-a-s-t-e-r-y underscore a-d that's adina doss yep um and on facebook i'm adina may doss and so you know i'm still trying to 
strive to be better at this social thing and really share through my social media the things that I am doing. And again, that's also one of the, my 2019 goals is yeah. to ramp it up with my social. So yeah. I hope to see all of you guys there and um, sharing that, that it's definitely something I want to do is start sharing those techniques on yeah. videos and maybe little snippets. but. Um, start with, you know, even as simple as what is sage? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I want to know. Inquiring minds, including mine, want to know. Right. All right. Thanks, mm -hmm. Adina. Thank this you. has been awesome. Yeah, good job. Thanks for having me. Welcome. I love Salon Republic, too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Next week, we'll be giving away 100 bucks to use anywhere as long as it's on Amazon. For a chance to win, write a review on the Apple Podcast app or stitcher.com for Droid users. If you don't want to write a review, then just hit the stars. If you've already written a review on the Apple Podcast app, you can write one on stitcher.com so you're doubly eligible to win. There's only a few people who have done that, by the way. I'm a little surprised because you can double your chance of winning by going to stitcher.com and writing another review. The review has to include your exact Instagram handle so we know who you are. Make sure that you're following Salon Republic and Love Eric Taylor on Instagram, and then I put your name in my bag. Each week I pull a name and I announce the winner at the beginning of every episode. You have to be listening to win so you can DM me with your mailing address. If you don't win, keep listening because your name stays in my bag in my office. You could win any week on any episode. Nobody, by the way, gets to the bag of names. It's not quite locked away, but it's kind of locked away. Nobody gets to it. I am in full control of the bag of names because I know how important it is to all of you. For complete details, go to salonrepublic.com. Next week's episode will be hairdresser and educator George Garcia. Until then, have a great week. <laughs>